You know, you don't find out what people are allergic to or contagious to until you, until you get under a van. And we need, this sermon is, it's evangelistic a sermon, okay? Uh, but we need to bring the fan of the Holy Spirit to the Bay Area and find out those who will be saved. Those who are contagious to the gospel. Those that will catch, not a cold, but a what? A hot. 26 years ago, I caught a hot and I don't want to get well. Don't pray for me. Uh, I caught a hot. We're going to find out who. But, you got, but they'll never know if they're contagious to the gospel, if they're allergic to the gospel, unless they get under the fan. Unless they get under the cold. So how shall they hear unless somebody's sent? We'll never know who's going to be, who's supposed to be saved if we don't bring the gospel to them. Amen? Amen. So, again, today, how many of you have ever ate at Bancheros? Uh, okay, most of you. If you haven't, oh. I prayed for you. Uh, but I prayed for you in two ways. To go be blessed, but to really be ready. Because uh, today, you know, a lot of us, we have the, you know, rice, beans, and, and enchiladas. Rice, beans, or tacos. Today, it's like Bancheros. You've got to stay with me. It's a real simple sermon, but it's not an easy sermon. It's not easy to eat at Bancheros. They bring so much to your plate. By the time the main course comes, you're like. But that thing inside of you says, all right, I, I, I can do this. Uh, but you need prayer. Uh, well, today's sermon is sort of like that. It's simple, but it's not easy. And remember I said, you got to follow. You really got to stay with it. And if we do, I, you know, the bottom line will be simple and easy, but you got to stay with me. Matthew chapter 12. Beginning in verse 43. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through and, pla and places, it goes through a rid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house, what? Unoccupied, similar translation, say what? Empty. Because there was no replacement. Empty. Slept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. Here's the key. And the final or the last condition or state of that man is worse than the first. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Father, I pray that we would heed to your word, hearken to it, and obey it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Replace the space. Replace the space. See, if a cup left without water, just there, is really no use. All you're going to do is drink air. You got to replace the space with something good or chata. That's good. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, uh, 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 you know, some nice cold lemonade. That's good. Good lemonade. Huh? But when you're drinking it by yourself, it's no good. And that's what they're talking about here in this portion of scripture. Here we have a man who was, you know. He was battling it out with, with, with an evil spirit, the Bible says. Okay, the, 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 this, this man, he, he's been, you know, he, he's, he's fighting it out. He's been dealing with an unwelcome guest. He's been having it out with, 
what we would call entertaining an ill or evil unwelcome guest. So he finally determines to be rid of that unwelcome visitor who's been kicking it and making it home in his heart. Are you with me? So it's not going to be easy today, but you've got to follow. It's going to be simple, but not easy. All right? In other words, he's got an unwelcome guest in his heart. The guest is kicking back. He's kicking it with the guy. Eating him up of house and home. But he's an unwelcome evil spirit. Uh, this unwelcome guest is unclean, the Bible says. And the man longs to be clean. He longs to be free. But instead of finding and acquiring his long for freedom, the Bible says that he ended up finding a greater bondage. The last state of this man, though he became clean, was worse than the first. Are you with me? It was worse than the first. How could that be? Now, why did this man fail? He got clean, but why did he fail? Uh, oh, because he went through AA instead of victory outreach. Hallelujah, I'm just kidding. Uh, sort of like that, sort of like that. Uh, I could stop right now. That's really the truth. <laughs> uh, well, why did this man fail? It sure wasn't because he didn't want to be free or rid of this unclean, unwelcome guest. He wanted that. He yearned for that. He had a desire. It wasn't out of an indifferent, not caring kind of an attitude. Uh, because this man did care. He wanted to be clean. He wasn't indifferent. Okay? He had that yearning and the desire to be free and to be clean. He certainly wanted a better life. This guy, he did long for better days and for better times in his life. Nor did this man fail, secondly, for lack of effort. He did all that he had to do. Not could do, but he did all that he had to do to expel this unclean guest out of his house. Then he worked extra hard in cleaning up all that dirt, all that stain that this unclean guest had left in his heart. He cleaned it all up. Because an evil, unclean spirit is going to leave stains in your life. That's the way it's going to... If you ever dealt out with sin, you know that. Uh, I mean, it leaves stains here. I have memories from the past, terrible, ugly stuff. But he worked hard to get rid of that and clean those things up. Uh, neither did this man fail because the task was impossible. Okay? He yearned, he had a longing, and he did it. He worked hard, he had a heavy effort. Then also, my friend, he did not fail because the task was impossible. Not at all. It wasn't impossible to do what he needed to do. See, thousands of people before him and after this man have found themselves in such a predicament, and they have won. Remember, this man failed. But there's been a lot of people prior to this man and after this man, including some of you here today, that have not failed. They have won over these unclean spirits. See, if there's a promise that God has ever given us, it's a promise for victory. God will give us victory. We don't call ourselves second place outreach. Uh, we don't call ourselves bump kicked outreach. What are we? Victory outreach. You can have victory. I, we don't need to be, you know, conquered by evil. Christ says, behold, I send at the door knock. If any man open the door, I will enter and have fellowship with him. And I'll stay in him. I'll have fellowship with him. In other words, it's not going to be an empty space. He's going to fill our hearts and going to let it overflow. See, my friend, total victory and total freedom are never impossible. Either for this man or for you and I. So again, why did this man fail? He was willing, number one. He worked hard, number two. And the task was not at all impossible. So why does he fail? Well, the bottom line was this. 
The bottom line was that he used the wrong technique. He used the wrong method. All right, that, that's how he was, that's why he failed. He thought that all he had to do was rid him, uh, himself of this guest and the worst was over. But the Bible says the last state of this man was worse than the first. Did you hear me? Are you staying with me? Ah, I hope you are. Uh, okay. See, he thought all he had to do was get, clean himself up. But the Bible says, no, he ended up worse than he was in the beginning. This individual, he concentrated on evil more than he should have concentrated on the good. He didn't put lemonade in the cup. He didn't put our chata. He cleaned the cup up. But he didn't fill it with something good. Uh, he concentrated on getting rid of the evil, but he neglected replacing that evil with the good. By obtaining an empty house, he thought, my friend, that, that the worst was over. What a fatal mistake. And many of us, when we come to Christianity, we make the very same mistake as well. Now, why is this method, this technique wrong that he used? Of trying to be good simply by fighting and getting rid of evil. Okay, let me give you a few reasons, two, two reasons to be exact, why this method is wrong, why it's ill. Now, number one, the first reason is being free of evil does not make one good. Does it? See, just because you may be clean and harmless, that doesn't make you holy. Harmless does not equal holy. That's really the theme of this sermon. Uh, I wanted to be simple, but that's going to be a little profound. I wanted to get away from that, but I can't. Harmless doesn't make you holy. Uh, see, this pulpit is, not, is harmless, but it's not holy. Uh, it comes to church every service, but it's not holy. It's not a Christian. It's not born again. Watch. Hallelujah. Uh, simply getting rid of evil can't make you holy and cannot make you good. Remember the parable of the wheat and the tares? Remember that? Yes, my friend, the farmer didn't, didn't, you know, he didn't like or he didn't appreciate the tares. But he did not just get rid, he didn't just clean up the whole field. Uh, the tares and the wheat and all. No, not at all. He's, he said, the Bible says, let them both grow how? Together. Why? Because he saw the good of the wheat. He didn't just get rid and clean up the whole field. No, he says, but there's some good stuff here. I planted some good things here. I need that good thing, which was the wheat. There was good in that field. Uh, and that was his goal. He needed, to, you know, he needed the wheat for his livelihood. He needed to eat the wheat. Uh, see, if the farmer, if he would have just cleaned up the whole field, all he would have had was a clean field with no livelihood, no goodies. I like that one, no goodies. Uh, See, a clean field, uh, that's what he would have had. But he would have had no good wheat. He would have been evil free. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Evil free. There's no more evil there. He got rid of the evil. But he also got rid of the good. See, let me illustrate, if I can, by having you turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verses 24 and 25. And the question is not if I can. Yes, I can. I'm going to do it. Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. Dealing with Moses. Do you have it? Amen. Verse 24 and then 25 of Hebrews 11. The hall of what? Faith. faith. Who's the first one in the hall of faith? God. All right. He's in verse, verse 3. Okay, verse 24. 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, if we stay there, in verse 24, all we find and all we have is Moses being clean. He's not identifying with, with Egypt. He's out of Egypt. He's clean. He's free, so to speak. But he's not filled. He's not complete. Verse 25 completes him. Look at verse 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasure of sin for a short time. See, Moses, uh, he, he, you know, there was no, no good in him until verse 25 comes along. All Moses does in verse 24 is cleanse. He renounces. He renounces Egypt. Uh, he gets rid of something. Something that's wrong. Egypt was wrong. But then after renouncing Egypt, he replaces Egypt with what? The people of God. He becomes a Christian. He doesn't just clean himself up. He fills himself up with Christianity, with God, with the people of God. Um, so you just can't stay clean and expect to be good. You've got to fill yourself up with something good. Goody, goody for you. One more verse. Ephesians 5.18. Look at that. One more verse here. Ephesians 5.18. Turn to it, please. Some of you are going to remember this verse. Do you have it? Amen. Do not get drunk on wine. <laughs> uh, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, yes, it's something to put me away from wine. Anybody can go to AA and be not drunk with wine. But they're still not good. They're still not filled with something good. Ah. That's why their state will still be worse than the first. See, by not drinking, that does not make a man good or it doesn't make him holy. Just because you don't drink doesn't make you saintly or a Christian, not at all. But the key is to fill that empty spot with the Holy Ghost. But be ye filled, the Bible says, with the Spirit. Just because somebody, someone is empty doesn't make him holy. Again, to be harmless is not to be holy. Yes, this man's not drinking anymore, but that doesn't make him holy. Uh, You've got to replace it with something. Replace the space. Are you with me? That's what you've got to do. Then secondly, not only in being empty, but the total and complete recipe for goodness. Okay, now excuse me. Not the total and complete recipe for goodness, but secondly, just being empty is actually a sin in and of itself. Just to be empty. That's actually a sin by itself. The book of James says, to him who knows to do right or good. Are you with me? Good. To him that knows to do good, to do right. Uh, and does it not, but just stays and remains there empty, doing nothing to him it is sin. To him that knoweth to do good, but he doesn't do it. He, he renounces evil. He's clean. He's pure. He's, but he's still empty. Uh, and he doesn't do good. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. To him it is sin. Just to be clean is not enough. You need to replace the space. Are you with me? With something what? Good. We have to understand that. See, this means that just because we don't drink or smoke or don't cheat or don't cuss or steal, that by itself does not make us Christians. Huh? 
If that was the case, uh, like I said, then this pulpit would be a Christian. It doesn't, it doesn't cuss. <laughs> doesn't smoke. Uh, doesn't do all these things. Like I said, it's here at every service. It's in church every service, but it doesn't make it a Christian. What have I said before? I go into my garage every day. That doesn't make me, that doesn't make me a car. Uh, see, Christians have to do something. I must be about my father's business. We got to do something. By our fruit shall all men know that we are his disciples. By our fruit. We got to do something, people. Don't just sit there. I'm not the man I used to be. Well, be the man you should be. Read the Bible and be obedient. Bible says, uh, or excuse me, the Bible asks us, you and I, what do you more than these? It asks us, what do you do more than the Jehovah's? What do you do more than these empty Buddhists? What do you do more than these? Because we, that's how we'll know who we really are and what we're doing. See, so many number of people feel that because they don't do anything, anything wrong, that they're okay. They say, hey, I haven't done anything bad, so I'm all right. You ever witness somebody else like that? They say, hey, I, I'm, not, I'm not using drug addict, drugs like those drug addicts. I'm okay. No, 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 no. Oh, but let me check out your life. Let me get your day on video. Just sit there in front of the TV. Do nothing. Ah, oh, my God. Oh, we must be about our Father's business. Are you with me? So Jesus is telling us that there is the sin of idleness, of emptiness, of doing nothing. The sin of the man with the one talent, remember that? Uh, versus the man with the two and the five talents was his failure to grow, his failure to progress, his failure to do something. He went and he hid that talent. He didn't do nothing. That was the sin of the man with the one talent. Uh, it wasn't because he was out partying with the prodigal. It, didn't, it wasn't a sin. Well, where's the guy with the one talent? He's out there partying with the prodigal. They're doing it up big, bro. They're homies now. No, he didn't party with the prodigal. He didn't party all the time. He didn't do, he didn't do nothing. Yet that was a sin. Uh, you want to just be a nominal Christian? Ooh, hoo, hoo. Uh, that hoo, hoo, hoo means uh oh. Uh, how about the five foolish uh, 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 bridegrooms? Uh, they, they had the door shut on them. Not because they were rebels, not at all. But because they failed to invest in getting oil. They didn't do something. They just sat there and did zero. Remember the barren fig tree? Jesus cursed that barren fig tree. Not because it had poisonous fruit in it. No. But because it bore no fruit. It didn't produce. That's why this is an evangelistic sermon. We got to produce people. We got some chairs here you can produce to. Hallelujah. You can bring people to. Okay. If we are to, to win, to be winners, not to be successful... And not fail. Because this man failed. We need to have some positives. Okay. And I want to give you just a few. We can't just remain fruitless and empty. We have to fill that void with good things. Number one. Okay. Take for instance. Very quickly. For example. The physical body. We may have certain diseases or sicknesses within our physical body. Okay. Then should this disease be driven out. That still is not total victory. Because we could shrink, and we covered this last week, by not eating, by not taking care of, by not filling this body with good, healthy stuff. Huh? And what can happen? The worst condition can be 
The last condition can be worse than the first. Yes, he got rid of cancer, but he didn't take care of himself, so his condition got worse. That's dealing with the physical. Uh, by failing to take care of our body, putting in positive food and positive supplements. Because if not, just like in Matthew 12, 45, uh, we could end up by neglecting our bodies worse than the first. Then, how about false teachings? Stay with me now. Remember I told you you got to stay with me. All right, false teachings, false prophets, uh, 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 you know, different organizations that are not uh, cults, if you may, that are not of God, they're not biblical. Just by simply renouncing these cults is not enough. Oh, they're the Jehovah's. Oh, the Mormons. You know they're Mormons by their, their bikes. Ah, uh, that's the Mormon. Easy to spot. I mean, just by renouncing them doesn't get it. Ah, uh, no. We could easily tell them how wrong they are. But that won't totally put them in the right. Not at all. We have to correct error with truth. You got to replace the error with something. You got to put something good into that error. You got to disciple them. You got to go in there and, and deal with them. Ah. See, the early church, what they did is they simply put Jesus out there, uh, out there in the darkness, where everybody could see him. That's what they did. They brought Jesus to the people, is what I'm trying to say. They didn't just talk, oh, look at this. Look at, they're, they're caught in paganism. Oh, that's Old Testament stuff. No, they brought in the New Testament. They brought in the, and ushered in the period of grace. See? And once the people were caught up in the pagan teachings, once these people saw the great light, then they forgot all their dark ways by accepting the marvelous light. Are you with me? But they put that light out there. Yes, these people were, were caught up in dark pagan teachings, but they brought the light to it, and it shined that marvelous light upon them. They forgot their false gods as people forget the stars once the sun rises. Ooh, you didn't hear me. But I got to say it again. They forgot the dim light of the stars, pagan teachings, once, just like the sun rises and overshadows, totally brings in light, that darkness. See, the bright, strong glory of the sun replaces the dim light of the stars. And that also was the key to the early church, as it should be the key, and it should be very vital to you and I today as well. See, the early church, and I've been building for something. I'm getting building for something. I'm getting ready. Probably going to take my coat off right now. Just I'm building. I hope you stay with me. The early church displayed well this principle that I'm covering here today. The early church was aggressive. It was not defensive. It was not puny. It wasn't all just trying to protect itself. Us for and no more. The chosen frozen. No, the early church was aggressive. The early church was bold. The early church was out there. Didn't stay in the four walls. Uh, it had to go replace the darkness with the light. I mean, in here it's easy to shine, but your lights. But out there, that's how you replace error. You got to go out and give it. And in giving you what? You get. The early church did not just lay back and, and stay back, content to be on the defensive all the time. The early church was an attacking, aggressive force. That's what it was. See, any church who chooses just to stay in and save itself, then protect itself, and only defend itself, it cannot win. In saving your life, you lose your life. But in losing your life or giving your life, you win your life. This man failed 
in Matthew 12 because he didn't, he chose to save his life instead of giving his life away. Uh, giving his life because giving you get. He didn't obtain nothing. See, no football team uh, can ever win by never getting the football. Huh? All we do is play defense. You got to get the ball and you got to cross the goal line. Let's do it again. Let's go again. I like scoring touchdowns. I love winning souls. I love having crusades. Yes, I got to pay a price. But hot two, three hike. I'm ready. Go for a pass. And I don't mean the singles. Hallelujah. Ay, ay, ay. I caught a football. Hallelujah. Not a headache. Hallelujah. Uh, but you got to get the ball. You got to be aggressive. You got to take the ball past the goal line. No team ever wins by only playing defense. And again, the same principle applies to the church, to us, you and I. In order for the church to win, in order for it to win itself, it has to go out and give itself. Give itself away. Because in giving yourself away, you get. The church that chooses to save itself will lose. Well, I think we should just stay like this. The church that chooses to Save itself. We got to knock down walls. We got to go lose ourselves. And then we win. Remember Paul in the book of Acts? I think it was Acts chapter 26 when he came before King Agrippa. You know what King Agrippa tells him? All right, Paul. The floor is yours. Defend yourself. Defend. <laughs> Paul was very knowledgeable of the word. Defend, your, defend yourself. King Agrippa, here I come right up your face. I don't play defense. I'm a quarterback. You're, you're talking to, look at this. I'm a number 13. Uh, that's a number I used to wear all the time. 13 is a number for quarterbacks. You see the number on my back, Agrippa? You want me to defend myself? Brother. Uh, Bible says, King Agrippa! And he tells him his whole testimony. And then at the end he says, and I wish you were just like me, except for these chains. But I feel good like a king should or could. But would you? And he just almost outpersuaded me, though. Get rid of the guy. I'll hear about this later. Uh, he didn't catch a hot. But we brought the fan to him. The gospel came to him. He wasn't contagious at the time. Uh, that's the way we have to be. We can't just do it by defending ourselves. No, we got to get aggressive. We got to get out there where the tire meets the road. We got to make flyers upon flyers and tracks upon tracks. And, and what did my son say last time we were here anyways? We don't need tracks. Why? We are the track. Uh, we got to go out there. Find out who's right for a hut. Uh, to the point in the place, my friend, where we, we see converts getting saved. See, the way a church is to win... It's not by just staying free and clean and clear of false teachings, but by getting bold, by getting offensive. Are you with me? We gotta get bold and offensive. Getting out and becoming light and darkness. If we are to make this world a better place, it cannot and it will not come by simply getting rid of the wrong. It's not gonna happen like that. Uh, we gotta be willing to pay the price and do what we gotta do. We need to go out and replace that ill and that wrong with the truth of the gospel. We need to replace evil with good. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing 
Do it. Acts 10.38. See, by ending and stopping war and the killing that's happening in East Timor, and we've been covering that. We've been watching because we have friends over there in Jakarta and in Indonesia. Just by getting rid of the war, that's not going to bring about real peace. We don't have war anymore. You've got to replace it with something good. We need missionaries over there. Uh, we need people that are going to be bold and say, ah, ah. You know, it wasn't a sermon something like this many years ago that Richard and, and Juan decided they came to the altar and said, you know what? I don't want to. Don't call me a sissy pastor. I'm willing to go. Let's go to Manila. We'll do it. Manila needs us. The Philippine needs us. And they got bold. And Richard's still living on that stuff over there because he remembers the altar call when he came. He heard something like this. The world needs us, people. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And we just can't sit here all the time and, ooh, I love the Hayward Church. Oh, the Hayward Church. Oh. Well, East Timor needs a church. Amen. Cebu, the Philippines needs a church. Uh, Russia needs a church. Amen. Churches. Plural. Uh, to the 39th power. Uh, man, you know, we, we have to replace the bad with the good. Because if not, the Bible says, the last condition of that East Timor will be worse than the first. And the same thing applies with Hayward. Forget East Timor. How about Hayward? How about Tennyson? How about South Garden? How about Dakota? How about East Oakland? How about Fairview? How about all these areas? Because if we don't get out there, the last state of that condition will be worse than the first. South Garden ain't seen nothing yet unless we go out there and replace it with something good. Oh, South Garden. Don't go to South Garden. Yes, go to South Garden. And replace it with something good. See, my friend, the key is give yourself away. Give yourself, because in giving you get. It's a win-win situation. They win and you win. Because in losing yourself, you find yourself. In giving of yourself, you're going to get yourself. You're going to get blessings back. And we need to understand that. Because if you don't, just if you're just clean, then mind you, the Bible says you're worse, you can be worse than condition in the first. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. Ah, Dennis of Hayward went about doing good. Cecilia of Puerto Rico went about doing good. The woman's home of Hayward went about doing good. Ah. Victor of Hayward went about doing good. Acts 10, 38. That's what we got to do. Because if not, things are going to get worse. If we stay within the four walls of this church, we're only harmless. We're only harmless. But harmless does not equate or equal holiness. Oh, many churches, many people come to church on Sundays. But they're harmless. They're not holy. They're not out there doing what we're supposed to do. And we include ourselves. We have our work cut out for us here. Uh, I mean, yes, I know a lot of people waited. The 11 o'clock service is probably going to be full and what have you. But look at, look at the church we have here at the 9 o'clock. That's why I have instructed these people to stay up here. Not just because they look real good. Uh, because I want as many chairs available here as possible. Because I want to challenge us to go out and do our Father's business. Amen. Harmless does not equal holiness. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. Not just getting rid of evil. But replacing the space with good. There's some space here that we need to replace with souls, with people. But it's up to us to let our light shine. 
And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving in ministry, I want to pray first and foremost for those of you that need forgiveness of sins. You need to be born again. You need to get right with God. I want to pray for you first and foremost. I know that this was an instruction towards the church, the body of Christ. But I believe there's some of you here you need forgiveness of sins. And I will always, always address myself first and foremost to you. Because I always remember that 26 years ago, somebody spoke to my heart. The preacher spoke to my heart and I responded in faith. And God forgave me of my sins, delivered me out of some heavy, heavy addictions and replaced that space with his love, with his power, with his spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But you got to walk in the spirit. You got to replace it with something. You just can't be clean. If that would be the case, then just go to AA. But you need more. Holiness comes through more strength than that. The power of God. As every head is bowed and every eye spirit of God moving in ministry. You say the sermon was for me. Any forgiveness of sins. Is that you? If that's you, I'm going to ask very quickly. Lift up your hand. Then quickly put it down. God bless you. 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 You can put your hand down. Anyone else? You need forgiveness of sins. I'm going to give you an opportunity to take advantage of this. This opportunity to get right with God. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? This is my last call. God bless you up here. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Now I want to pray for those of you that say, I've learned through the instruction of God's word here today that just by cleaning myself up is not enough. But I got to replace my, my house with furniture. I just can't have a clean house. That's not a real house. That's not a home. I need to replace it with something. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need souls. I want to win souls. I want to be a doer of God's word, not just a hearer only. Because I've learned here today that for him that knoweth to do right, or good and doesn't do it to him later sin I want to be like Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good I want to pray for those you need to be very honest with yourself here today we're not going to let you just get away that easy and you know who you are you haven't been doing the good that you should if that's true I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right there where you're at then we're going to pray anybody else you say, I haven't been doing the good that I should, that I would, that I could, and I need to. I need to ask God to forgive me, and I need to go about doing good and doing what God has called me to do. Many are standing, but I believe there could be others. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask those of you that raised your hand the first time, and if you're not standing, to stand also with these that are standing. Those of you that raised your hand the first time, you need forgiveness of sins. I'm going to ask you to stand your feet right there where you're at, if you're not already standing. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to ask everybody standing to slip out of their seat and make their way down this altar. Hallelujah. Very quickly come because we have the 11 o'clock service going to be coming. And I want you to come. I'm not going to have you stay there at your seat. I'm going to have you come. Stand at this altar. We're going to lead you just in a short prayer. But this is very, very important that we respond to God's word here this morning in faith. Hallelujah. Those of you that are standing, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and make your way down and stand. Make a stand at this altar here today that we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Those of you that have come to the altar, along with those that are seated, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. But those of you that are standing here at this altar, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And once again, make it your own personal prayer to God. Say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, my selfishness, 
my evil ways. I'm sorry. I open up my heart to you. Because I don't want to just be clean. I want to be filled with your spirit. Come into my life. Take control of my life by your holy spirit. And now I know that your Holy Spirit is not a harmless spirit, but it affects others, unsaved, and myself for the good. Just as you, Jesus, when you walked on this earth 2,000 years ago, as you went about doing good, use me, use me, use me for your honor and glory I place my life in your hands not my will but your will be done use me to witness to work to worship to invite people to this new building you've given me and my family clean church does not make it a holy church it needs to be filled replaced with real souls real people that need you and love you as I do in your name Jesus I pray Amen let me say a prayer for all that are here Father right now I pray knowing the type of sermon, Lord God, that you placed upon my heart here today, Lord God. That we need to replace the negative. Not just clean it up, but replace it with the positive, with the good. Fill us with your goodness, Jesus. And allow us to let our cup of goodness overflow unto others that need you. Let us see the need and the sin with your eyes. Especially the sinner that you so love, but you need to save. Let us be like Paul and get on the offensive and be bold. That we will not just defend ourselves, but we'll pick up the ball and pick up our cross and follow you to the goal line. We'll pick up our cross daily and cross that goal line. Cross that goal line. Let us score many touchdowns. Let us be a church that will score many touchdowns. Let us keep the souls that come our way as well. I ask us all in Jesus' holy name.
Son will be with us tonight. Oh, Lord, Don't forget, 5.30 for prayer. Bring your spirit on my life. Pour your love, let it go through me. Please fill this love of mine. Fill my cup, let it overflow. Oh